0: Oh, Recorded live.
1: Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 339. My name is Eric Nielsen, and with me today as always my co-host, Ryan Johnson. Ryan, how are you doing today?
2: Doing good, Eric. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, I, you sound really close to crystal clear here today. I know we got some feedback over last week about our audio quality, so we're gonna t- see if we can clean this up a little bit and make it a little bit better. But you're sounding pretty good. Are you are you still in Florida?
2: Still in Florida. Still got the uh, the nice uh, blue spark microphone here. So Google t- Google Chat or Hangouts is uh, cooperating today. So hey.
1: Yeah, excellent, good. excellent. Yep, yep, yep. Me too. We're seeing but we have heard the people that have, have mentioned the quality. We had a lot of people listening in various, various places, uh, and so we will see if we can make the audio quality better as we move forward. So thanks for that feedback. Things are going well. We are uh, only three weeks away from VMWorld World Europe, um, and that's, that's going to be exciting. Ryan, are you going to be there?
2: I will be there. Yes, I will.
1: Yes, I will be there as well. We are going to run another DevOps uh, agenda for the for the show. So uh, we will have the brown bag there as well. We'll have blogger tables. Uh, we will be in the community booths. If you missed your opportunity to pick up a uh, selfie stick, I believe they're going to have the selfie sticks there as well at the social wall in the VMware booth in the Solutions Exchange, and we will be manning that, so uh, we can do that. I believe that the show starts um, on Monday, October, I think Friday is the 9th. So Saturday is the 10th, 11th, Love. so it will be the 12th. I believe this show starts on the 12th. I believe labs open on the 12th. The hang space will be open on the 12th, but the keynote starts on the 13th, The 13th, that Tuesday, so the Tuesday the 13th, Wednesday the 14th, and Thursday the 15th. The show proper is open, but I believe they have labs, and I know the hang space and we are manning the blogger tables will be open on that Monday The 12th. So that's when it starts. Um, I believe you can still register. Uh, We will be running some social stuff going on over the next couple weeks. So, you know, trying to get people at the show. Uh, I haven't heard registration numbers yet, so I don't know how busy or not busy it's going to be, but I think they're on target to to meet their objectives, uh, which I think was around 8,000 people, give or take. So, looking forward to seeing everybody in Europe. So, that should be pretty cool. Ryan, do you have the same sessions, or do you have uh, any new sessions going on, or is it the repeats of the ones you did in the U.S.?
2: No, man, I'm just there to to man the booth. So
1: you're just I'll manning be, uh, the booth. Yep, there I'll
2: you be go. It, well, I'll be manning the booth and uh, probably doing some offline recordings of additional uh, podcasts while I'm out there with some of the our folks from Europe. So, right. Yeah.
1: Well, I know that this time, if you miss DevOps sessions, um, we are going to have the DevOps sessions in Session Builder this, uh, for Europe. We missed that in the U.S., so a lot of people missed missed some of the DevOps sessions. There is a DevOps track, but we are, you know, we have Puppet Chef. Um, uh, Pivotal, uh, a couple others, uh, App Catalyst uh, sessions going on, focusing on DevOps, and we are going to be recording them, live streaming them through the Brown Bag, and then we will have those recordings up on YouTube. So if you miss the DevOps sessions in the US, we are repeating them in Europe and we'll re- we will record them. Reason being that uh, the union in San Francisco charges about $30,000 to have a union rep. Uh, there in order to record sessions. So anytime we want to record sessions, we have to have that union rep there, cost us 30 grand and we didn't have the extra budget to um, just put into recording the sessions. So we're recording them in Europe and then we'll post them online. So if people want to catch up on that, they can. So that sounds pretty cool. Um, Other things in the news, I don't have anything else in the news, uh, Ryan, so unless you have other things in the news, I don't think we have Mr. V-expert Corey Romero on the call today, um, unless I'm mistaken, I don't see him in here, so um, we are going to have a V-expert.
2: No, he's out today. He's out
1: today. He's off today. That's what I thought. We are going to have a expert get-together. Uh, so there will be a party, no presentations. So if you came to the U.S. one and you got the, your fill of presentations, you don't have to worry about the Europe one. We are going to have one. Um, as we have every year, probably we'll be in a pub somewhere or something, some cool venue, and we will get those invites out probably sometime next week. So if you haven't seen your expert party invite yet, don't worry. Uh, we're still in the process of uh, getting it booked, and we will send the invite out shortly. We've had several meetings on that, so that's going. I haven't seen whether Mr. Tony Dunn from the social media team has published the social calendar yet for Europe, but I suspect he has. Uh, so go check that out. Um, there's always lots of parties and things going on, and we are building that social calendar for the Emerald Europe as well. So. Uh, look for that. I uh, believe there's going to be a community tweet-up, as always. So many of the other the things that go on in Europe will continue on this year. Look for that calendar. Um, I think that's all I have for news, Ryan. So on this show today, thank you for uh, well, let me, waiting. Uh, let, me,
2: let me add two more little things real quick. So uh, just, just for folks who are listening, if you aren't checking out VMworld TV on YouTube, we have been adding additional sessions, uh, have been added to the YouTube channel. So check that out. And on the VMUG front, if you happen to live in Chicago area, you missed the, the Chicago VMUG UserCon that's going on today. But if you are in the Atlanta area tomorrow, the Atlanta VMUG UserCon is going on. So if you get a chance, uh, go visit the UserCon all-day event, up in a free event in Atlanta tomorrow, September 24th.
1: Great. Excellent. That's all yeah. That's all I got. Okay, uh, so today, the topic, VMware Validated Designs. Uh, on the show, we have Eddie Donnell, Bob Ferraguni, Guiney. I had it right before. Bob, Mike Brown, Nick Marshall, some of the common guests that we've had on the show before. I think this is the first time I've heard Eddie on the show since I've been hosting. Eddie, thanks for being here. And I'm not sure, Absolutely. Bob. Uh, Bob, have you been on the show before?
3: No, I haven't. This is my first time.
1: Fantastic. Well, let's uh, let's start with just do some introductions first. Uh, so you got about 30 seconds to give us your right. elevator picture, which is who are you, how long have you been at VMware, and what do you work on? So, Eddie, why don't we start with you?
0: Cool. All right. Uh, my name is Eddie deno I've been at VMware for uh, about 13 and a half years at this point. It will be uh, 14 years come March, which is a ridiculously long time, and I'd like to say that I'm still here because I have never been bored. Uh, I started in our IT department, uh, moved out of IT into alliances. I've been doing product management for the last decade or so. And earlier this year, I moved over into product marketing because I started to get fascinated about how the stories we tell about what we're trying to do affect what we actually get done. So uh, wow. I do product marketing for our efforts to uh, enable our customers to, to really deploy SDDCs to make it easier for them to, to get that deployed, which is all about awareness of what we've got and uh, attention on the details of why we're doing what we're doing.
1: Fantastic. I know I've been here nine years, and you've been here all, ever since. You've been kind of like a god of of all things uh, vSphere and ESX3 and all the things for for many years. So great to have you on the show. Thanks, Eddie. Uh, moving on to Bob. Bob, how do you say your last name, and what sh- how long have you been at VMware, or what do you do?
4: Sure. My uh,
3: name is Bob Perugini. Uh, I've been at VMware for eight years. I started out in the alliances organization at VMware, uh, about four years ago, I moved over to product management and um, did the, the the vCenter server install upgrade, um, as well as the architecture of vCenter server for a couple of years, and now I'm working on the VMware Validated Designs as a product manager. Um, before joining VMware, I worked at Hewlett Packard, um, and I've actually been working with VMware in one capacity or another since about 2002. So, almost from the beginning of uh, when VMware started.
1: All right, fantastic. Well, I mean, one of the reasons I make sure we go through the introductions is that when you're at VMworld and you run into community people, there are, you know, 3,000 people that listen to this show. Uh, If you run into Eddie or Bob, say hello, and, uh, you know, now you know who they are and you'll get to experience them. Mike Brown, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself.
5: Uh, So Mike Brown, I've been at VMware for going on four years four years in April, so just three and a half years. Um, I started out in PSO. I joined tech marketing almost a little over two years ago, and I'm getting ready to make another move here shortly, um, but uh, currently, right now, I'm working on uh, the public-facing uh, validated designs, writing reference architectures. And
1: nice. All right. Stuff. All right. Great. And then Nick Marshall, you've been on the show many times. I have, you know, so I don't know if we actually have to introduce you or not. Maybe you can do it in 10 seconds. (laughs) Uh, I
4: can probably do it in 10 seconds. (laughs) Nick Marshall, uh, a uh, community guy through and through, Um, currently working on the validated designs. um, And prior to that, PSO, product management, um, that's pretty much all you need to know, um, validated designs is what we're going to uh, concentrate on today though, so we'll talk yeah. more about that in a second.
1: Yeah, that's right, so ryan I'm going I'm to hand it off to you, but before I, uh, before I hand it off to you, Ryan, like why did you why did you choose VMware validated designs? Where did this come from?
2: Well, I chose it because I've been working on it with uh, Nick and Mike Nick and Mike and Bob and, and Eddie over the course of the summer, so I've been working on it heavy with uh, technical marketing and some assets that we've been delivering over there.
1: And have Over you guys? Uh, w- was this part of what you were talking about uh, at VMworld <laughs> when you were when when you're working the booth and at Europe? Are you going to be talking about this stuff?
2: Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this. Uh, Mike had us, Mike, and I think Nick had both had sessions. We had some of the content and uh, some of the content at the VMware booth, and we'll have the same con some of the same content and some upgraded content at uh, Europe.
1: All right. Sweet. Well, you know, it's it's your baby. So why don't you take it away?
2: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's my baby. i I'm, I'm just closely connected to it. So uh, like you said, you know, uh, I was working in, you know, I work in tech tech marketing with Mike and, uh, you know, know know all the guys here and we've been working on the VMware Validated Designs. But so at VMworld this year or just before VMworld, um, Mike, you had a, you had a blog post on the CTO, the CTO blog and we announced the VMware Validated Designs. Um, So, you know, Eddie and Bob, you know, for the listeners that, you know, missed those announcements, can you, you kind of share, you know, what are the VMware b- validated designs? Um, you know, why did we get started or you know, why why now? Why why do we have the b- VMware validated designs now? What are they? Sure,
0: I can I can talk about that. This is Eddie. Um All right. so you know, we, we really kind of stepped back and looked across um a lot of the the problems that we were hearing our customers talking about that that they were having with deploying the, the software-defined data center. Um, And what we heard, you know, kind of over and over again was, you know, there's a bunch of products that you guys, VMware, are delivering. There's a bunch of products that we have in our environment. Um, And those products are all pretty complex products, and they have to be. They solve complex problems. Um, Those products also all come with documentation. And in many cases, that documentation is really good documentation. Uh, they, They even come with white papers and so forth. But those docs and those products, they tend to be very aligned with each other. So the, the definitions tend to be – or the, the docs tend to be very product-focused. Uh, the reference architectures tend to be product-focused to so how do I get this, this product deployed. Um, and if you add that together, you know, the, lots of components uh, and lots of reference design on a product-by-product basis, what you actually end up with is as an IT person, we have to do the design ourselves and do it differently, potentially, likely – each and every time. And and our our metaphor for this is that really what we see is that every data center turns into a snowflake um, because you're starting from the same basic points, you know, water molecules and cold. um, But the way those things combine is different in each and every data center. Uh, And so what we started doing with the VMware Validated Designs was to step back and say, well, what if we built a blueprint um, that explained why we'd made the decisions we made, but that built a blueprint for a particular size and shape of data center. Okay. Um and then made that be the design that we try and align everybody around. So um that's that at a high level is is really what the VMware validated designs were, were setting out to do. Bob, did I miss anything there? Is there anything you, you wanted to add to that?
2: I think you nailed it, Eddie, thanks. Alright, so so essentially, you know, if I look at it, you know, let's face it, you know, building the software defined data centers you know, not just easy out the gate. You, ha- you know, traditionally you're looking at different, different reference architectures. There's all the different elements of a software-defined data center, compute, network storage, management, et cetera. And what we've done is basically synthesize these down into a full stack of components to make it easier to move toward the software-defined data center and make it mainstream. Would that be a good, good, good definition?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair.
2: Okay, okay. So... You know um, what are the what are the benefits from these de- designs? You know, wh- what do our customers, our partners, our ecosystem, what are the benefits they see out of these these reference designs that we have coming out come out with? Uh, you know, I think
3: I, one I, of the I think go one ahead, of us. the biggest benefits of the designs is that they're created by the experts at VMware that are using the products, whether that be you know experts in the area that we work in that cover all the different products uh, as well as the experts in the individual product areas around specific products of having all of those experts come together and create this base foundation design from which all the products um, can be deployed, integrated and operated. Okay. Um, On top of that, as the different product versions have uh, updates, new versions, Those same experts will be working together in order to update the designs if needed based on new features, functionality, Uh, and then probably more importantly, the test organizations at VMware will be validating those designs, not only from the first design that we release, but along the way as each of the products release updates and new versions. So not only are you getting a design that's created by VMware you're also getting one that's validated by VMware as well I
0: just want to reemphasize that I think that's one of the things that's, that's pretty unique and pretty important here is that instead of just having a design that that kind of is, is robust and, and well understood and that we you know we think hard about um, as part of building the VMware validated designs we've also built an automation harness so that as uh, products rev as products update from within VMware and potentially across the industry, um, that those uh, designs get automatically built and deployed so that if there's a change to the product, that change gets validated in the VMware Validated Design Framework before it ever ships out to the customer, which means, at least in theory, we should be able to catch problems before they hit uh, hit your data center, Um and when we say validated that's really what we mean is that continuous validation process is a key part of what you're getting when you deploy something that's based on a VMware validated design.
2: Okay, so these are these the, the designs are being continually updated and continually validated. So basically, if you look at it, these these aren't like just, you know, stale reference architectures that sit out there like the traditional architectures, reference architectures you see, these are these are living, breathing reference architectures that as we rev additional versions, new patches, new updates, new, new GA cuts, right? So say, for example, vSphere 6.0 update one or NSX 6.2, et cetera, we're, we're using the test harness to continually, val- to continually validate that design, um, that design before we release it to customers, correct?
0: Yeah, and I exactly. think that what, what you said there is, is two things. One was that uh, the design isn't stale um and if we think about what makes a design go stale there's there's kind of two things one is that the products move on and the industry moves on and the design doesn't rev but the fact that the products have moved on and changed isn't always you know necessary it is it, it isn't always actually delivering benefit and so right. what what the test harness model really allows us to do is to say hey uh product teams or you know industry or you know what have you you're making this change that is changing Um, how the design is going to behave. We have people deploying this design. Is that change really, really necessary, or is it only kind of necessary? And if it's only kind of necessary, maybe let's not make that change and catch that before it actually gets out into the wild and, and, you know, the design itself needs to be revised. Because, you know, what what we've learned is that sometimes it's easier to rev product than it is to rev a deployed data center. I I know that's shocking, but...
2: (laughs) Right, right. So obviously, you know, by having the, the the continual testing and the validation and building, you know, our 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 experts in engineering and global support services, et cetera, are working and working on these. You know, our customers are going to see a decreased, you know, see see a, a faster time to value, right, and uh, more more confidence in deploying and operating the software-defined data center. And we're really doing with the te- with the test the test harness and the testing. We're really approaching this from like a, a system level design. How can we continually make this Make these designs um appropriate to optimally run software defined data center. fair enough so yes yeah. so, we, so we've we've got the we've announced the VMware Validated designs and we, there have been some announcements for the reference architectures what mm-hmm. type of design what type of designs have we actually released um uh, publicly or released for review and early access
0: Bob Mike, why don't you guys?
3: talk about that. Mike, I'll refer to you if you could talk about the papers that the tech marketing team has released as well as the feature walkthrough that would be great.
5: Sure. Uh, so right now, um, there are two reference architectures that we've released um, based off of two different validated designs. Uh, one is called Foundation, which kind of sets the stage for everything going forward. Um, like the name sounds, it's the foundation for the software defined data center. And then the second one is um, something we call the um, single region IT automation cloud. Uh, basically, it adds in components such as be realized, operator automation, and uh, login sites for some automation and some um, deeper monitoring. Um, and then we've also put out what we call the feature walkthroughs. If you guys haven't seen those yet, I encourage you to check that out. uh, Featurewalkthrough.vmr.com. And basically, it's step-by-step screenshots on how you would deploy the bulk of our products we have out there. And for this effort, um, the guys went through and step-by-step showed you how to deploy the reference architecture documents that I wrote. So there's, um, if you want to deploy the foundation, there's step-by-step screens that kind of walk you through that deployment guide and let you stand that up.
2: So, if we can um, kind of dig dig a little bit deeper into the uh, the foundation and the the single region or single site IT automation cloud, Mike, you know, if you look at those, what what what's the like the bill of materials look like, so to speak, the the bomb for the foundation versus the, the single site IT autom single region IT automation cloud. What's, what's what are the key differences between those two?
5: Sure. So foundation, um, like I said, it's kind of the foundation for everything. So. Every validated design you see come after Foundation will have the same Foundation, and then things will layer on. So Foundation starts with uh, vSphere 6, Update 1, uh, which obviously is vCenter, platform services controller, ESX. Uh, We're also using um, NSX uh, 6.2, and then also uh, vRealize Operations 6.1. And that's kind of where we leave foundation. Going into the automation cloud, we layer on um, the automation pieces, um, the cloud management platform. And in this case, it's V realized Automation uh, 622. And then uh, login site, uh, which is now at version three. Okay.
2: So so essentially, we've got you know in the foundation, like you said, it's it's the foundation. We've got the the compute, the storage, the networking fundamentals, as well as the 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 uh, operations management pieces. And then moving into the single single region IT automation cloud, we add things such as the log insight for advanced log log analysis. We're adding in uh, vRealize Automation for uh, automated provision as well as, well as uh, orchestrator. Now each of these and each of these everything's deployed in this. Uh, and these concepts of management manage are different pods and we can get we can get into that in that in a moment. But how are we addressing things such as as scale for a lot of these, a lot of these components, such as the management components or you know the networking or the automated provision? Are we addressing that at scale, testing that for scale?
3: We are. And I'll let Nick talk about that.
5: We still have
4: Nick. Sorry, guys. The, uh, the the mute button eludes me at times. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have them in Australia, right? <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh. All right. So so talking about scale a little bit here. So in in terms of what we're trying to do is with with the validated design, we wanted to to make sure that we scale tested this internally. Now, obviously, we we test our products as as they're going out, and we have our our white papers and whatnot that say, hey, we can this product scales to X amount of VMs or this this size cluster and that kind of thing. But what we wanted to do with a validated design is to build a design that is going to be tested at a certain scale across all of our products, and not only that, but that it's going to achieve the desired use cases that a customer would want. So that's the, that's the first thing. But in terms of the the individual components within the validated design, what we've done is we've scaled those individual components. So for VRA and VROps and Log Insight, they're deployed in such a way that they're sized for the the deployment size that we want. Now, in the the most, uh, I guess, complex validated design, that's 10,000 virtual machines spread across two different geographically um, dispersed regions. And we've done that. And it's currently going through um, some pretty intense testing. So if you, if you run a decent-sized data center, you'll know that it's all well and good to be able to support a certain number of total VMs. But what really comes down to, in terms of the, the scale um, and, and how your data center grinds to a halt, and that's when you've got churn, which is this whole create, uh, run, update um, those kinds of operations and I'm talking about it from a VMware uh, from a VM perspective so how many VMs can you run in the data center is great but how many can you instantiate at one time or within a given period and the churn rate that we're trying to to kind of validate against up to 10,000 VMs in total VMs but the churn rate of over 600 VMs being changed that is created changed or deleted every hour which is a fairly significant um, scale requirement that we're putting it against. And there's not too many environments that we know of that are um, that are up there with that. Um, I know that hands-on labs and some of the internal clouds that we run for development are, are um, uh, around those kinds of numbers, but we wanted to yeah. put this thing through its paces and make sure it was validated at, at, a, at a high end of what we need.
2: Okay. So if we... Take the designs, we you know, because foundation, you know, we have foundation and I, the other the other reference designs build off foundation. But if we kind of peel the onion onion back and kind of demystify that, can you talk about either Nick or Mike? Talk about the pod architecture that we we put into the designs so with the management compute and edge pods and how well, what's in those? Why do we have these pod, this pod design? And and what's actually in each of these pods?
4: You can take it, Mike. All
2: right, I'll take this one. So the pods, like you said, we have a
5: management pod, an edge pod, a compute pod, and then we also have what we call the external storage pod. Um, so if we kind of peel them back and look at them, um, the management pod basically consists of a management cluster. Um, there's um, four nodes. It's kind of our minimum starting point. Um, inside of this cluster, we'll have um, everything that needs to that we need to manage the rest of the software-defined data center. So we have virtual centers, uh, two virtual centers, two platform services controllers. Um, We're looking at foundation. We'll have um, VR operations, and we'll also have NSX manager. Uh, NSX manager, uh, the way we started with this architecture, we were still in the 6.1 realm, so it had the one-to-one relationship with uh, vCenter. So even though we've gone to 6.2, we're still in that one-to-one relationship with vCenter because we haven't validated you know, because we go through the whole validated process, which makes these designs be more validated. So, even though right. the NSX has that feature of you able know, to scale across these centers now, the reference architecture or the validated design is still using the one-to-one, just because it hasn't been validated all the way through the stack yet. So okay. that kind of that kind of gives us, and then we also have the NSX controllers for um, the management stack inside of there. So that kind of gives us the management stack for Foundation. If we were to look at um, the IT Automation Cloud, we would add in the components for WeRealize Automation, Orchestrator. Uh, we have SQL Server in there for um, the automation components, and then uh, Login Site. And as Mick said, all these are scaled to um, that 6,000 or I'm sorry, 10,000 VM um, size. So these aren't simple installs of, you know, V realize automation. This is a pretty big distributed installation with load balancers and um, high availability and redundancy and it's it's massive. And then the way the networking works, um, and we could have a whole session just on the way the networking has things.
2: Um the ne- the network the networking for the management components, you know, VRA login site and and uh you v- realize automation or is is very unique, so yeah, let's dive into the the networking configuration
3: so the
5: networking is probably what takes people
2: the longest time to get their head around, and I
5: was guilty of this too. I looked at this, and I was like, "What are they doing?" but after I got it, I got it. it makes sense, so basically yeah, exactly. every management component um, starting not including and center, we had like a chicken and egg problem but um so things like, um, I'll use Realize Operations as an example, um, but this applies to all the other components. They sit on an NSX v switch um, with private IP addressing. Um, that NSX v switch connects to an NSX edge um, that's in HA mode, so we have some availability there. And then that edge device connects to an external VLAN and also the vSphere VLAN. Uh, When I say vSphere, vLAN, that's where things like vCenter and the platform services controller, those components run there. External, I mean um, anything that's not internal to the software-defined data center. Um, When we do the load balancing on the components, everything gets an external IP address. Um, And if you think about it, this sounds a little weird because we're going to have some routing that we have to kind of compensate for, but what this enables us to do is pick up that entire Component, if you will, an entire little mini-pod of the virtual network and move it from one site to another, and we don't have to yeah. touch any of the VMs. So the VMs' IP addresses don't change. Uh, the load-balanced IP address for the external network is the only thing that changes. So we make a DNS change, and yep. the management application stays up and running exactly like it did. So we're able to yeah. move
2: these
5: to different regions
2: so basically you move the logical switch you can move the logical switch to another site you can still have their VMs running there you're just changing the the DNS entry um for access on the uh the NSX edge correct that's it and you got it so and, and so if you look at it like if starting in like foundation right we're putting we're putting all these management components behind so can you talk about like the the some of the initial scale of like uh if you realize op- Operation operations 61 how it's deployed and maybe maybe even log insight
5: Sure. So I gotta remember back, but
4: um, four. this is actually the
5: next product. You want to talk about this
4: <laughs> Sure. All, All right. right. So it, we're talking about the foundation, right? You know, just got to make yeah. sure here because uh, there's there's a few different designs out there, um, and depending on the configuration, depends on how we're doing it. So we go to uh, VROps. Ops. Uh, the way that we've got it. Um, Configured uh, within the foundation design is that you've got um, the a cluster of um, vROPS six. What's what's the, what's the version number? Is it 6.1? one? Yeah. I, I I lose track of the version numbers myself, and I'm internal. Uh, the uh, vROPS six one, So you've got um, you've got a fully high. Uh, sorry, a highly available cluster within that, com- comprising of four VMs. Um, And the idea behind that is that we want to be able to provide um, a load balancer using the uh, the NSX edge on this this management um, or network uh, container, as we're kind of calling them, and then sizing those VMs um, in an appropriate way behind there to support whatever the the foundation maximum is. I think it's for a foundation, it's what, 6,000? And then for the dual region, it's uh, it's 10,000. From a um, Log Insight perspective, it's the same. We're doing, we're doing it from a... So we've got um, a master and, and we've got um, the replica nodes. And the reason that we're doing that is we, we've, we've got to ensure that the way that the foundation is set up is if you deploy the foundation design, whether, it's, um, whether you need dual region, um, dual data center design today, we want to give you an upgrade path so that right. you don't have to go and just deploy this, this huge implementation, this new greenfield environment today. That's a pretty big ask. The chances are that if you're a customer, you've already got some kind of data center um, infrastructure there in, the pl- in place. So what we've done is we've made sure that the foundation design, um, which is for a single site, or a single region, I should say, is designed in such a way that you can start to implement this dual region functionality in time, and that was to begin with. That was a little bit tricky. It's like, well, you wouldn't normally architect, let's say, log insight with remote collectors if you've only got a single site, for instance. But the way that we, um, the way that we've done it, is to ensure that we have that upgrade path. That we're 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 on a journey with you through your life cycle as you build out your infrastructure, and and not not designing you into a corner that you have to go and um, re-architect everything just because your site, uh, so just because your environment has expanded beyond its current capacity.
2: Right. So we're, we're designing for scale out the gate. So like with VR ops, you've got the, mas- the master node, the replica node, two data nodes to start, you know, all behind the NSX in the, in the network container. Uh, for log insight. we've got the master, the master node and two worker nodes built for, to, to scale out as we need to, to be prepared for the next for the single site or dual site, you know, or dual region IT automation cloud. So it's prepared to grow as your organization grows or your your, your environment and your business grows, correct?
4: That's absolutely
2: right. Okay. So, you know, with kind of just uh, touching back with Mike, I mean, uh, you mentioned we've got, you know, vSphere 6.0 uh, 6, uh, update 1, and we've got, you know, a we've got a management pod, and inside of the management pod we've got all the management uh, portions, And we've got a, ma- a management vCenter and a management platform services controller. We've got a compute vCenter and a compute uh, platform service controller all in the same SSO domain. Uh, how are we dealing with availability and fault? What's what's the design – some of the design design decisions um, regarding how the vCenter and platform services controllers are built and deployed? Oh, you give me the
3: hard
2: ones. I see that. Of course. No. Of course. Of course. It's all good.
5: No, so the, the thought there is that, you know, we want to leverage, you know, our own products. So we get into kind of a chicken and egg situation. Mm-hmm. We can't really put up a load balanced platform services controller um, before we have NSX, which requires a speech center. So we kind of get into this chicken and egg situation. And then also, if you step back and really think about it, the complexity that gets added when you add a load balancer in front of the platform services controller is it's pretty high. Um, it's not something a lot of people can do. And one of the things we're trying to do with the validated design is keep it as simple as we can. So the, the pros, you know, the cons kind of outweighed. And we, we just have a single platform service controller per vCenter. Of uh, availability, I mean, we've been touting v HA is good enough for your apps for, you know, years. So why would we say that we need something else for our own management? Right. Apps? So, I mean, v HA obviously is great. So it, it it will accomplish everything we need it to with the platform services controller. V-Center itself um, in 6.0... And not to go down a deep center rabbit hole, but we, we implemented a lot of new things in SIX, uh, a lot of new watchdog services that will actually make API calls into BTXD and their processes to make sure they're actually responding the way that they should yep. not just if they're running, but they're responding. And then they can restart them if they're not. So we have some availability there. Obviously, if the whole VM crashes, hopefully you have vSphere HA configured to restart crash VMs. Um, And then obviously the host dies. you have ha configured so that the VM comes
2: up on a surviving host. yeah so the the management cluster's got all the you know the management cluster is configured you've got the management components deployed on there vSphere ha and DRSR, obviously a, a core a core piece of that um you know should you lose one of those nodes you'll still be you'll still be fine and running we've got the watchdog service and 6.0 Six zero, and you know even if you lost you know correct me if I'm wrong even if you lost say one of your platform services controllers uh in this configuration right with up update one you could deploy a new a new platform service controller and do a repoint to the new the new one that you deployed yeah so, sure yeah
5: it works and works when something happens in the yeah platform service controller is just totally corrupted and you can't restore from a backup yeah, it's pretty easy just to redeploy another one, join it to your existing platform services controller that's still so good, and then repoint your 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 sort serv- of your vCenter to that new platform services controller. So yeah, pretty simple. What situation? about
2: like what about like some operational guidance, uh, such as uh, backup recovery? I mean, do we have pieces inside the validated designs for backup recovery, say so using uh, vSphere data replication, uh, vSphere uh, data protection?
5: Yeah, we do, actually, yeah. So, VDP is one of the core components, and I guess I probably could like have mentioned that, inside of both Foundation and ITAC um, for the management stack. Um, basically, we're giving you know, guidance on how to back these up, um, how to restore them. Um, obviously, we know not every one of our customers or not even all representative of our customers uses VDP, but we're not doing anything inside the reference design or the validated design that would stop you from using what you currently use today. I mean, we're using VDP, but we're not using any private APIs or anything like that. So being able to plug in another backup vendor's product in there should just work.
4: That's, that's, a, that's an important point to note. Um, thanks, Mike. So in, in regards to, hey, I've got a certain component that my business needs to run. For example, if you don't use VDP, if you use um, another vendor's backup product, um, we're not saying that you can't necessarily use that product um, within the validated design we've got certain certain requirements to say hey if you want your design to be aligned to this then and, and be a certified validated design that's fine um, and, but if you want it to uh, if you want to chop and change certain components then there are optional components as well and I think that that VDP and the backup is is certainly one of those so we're, we're flexible in what people do. And the reason that I say that we're flexible, and maybe we could touch on this in a second, um, Ryan, is is around the what happens if you uh, if you actually want to be, you know, if you want a certified rubber stamp validated design, how does that work? Um, and for that's example, why a, we have this.
2: Yeah, for example, if you're a partner and you want to take the design and, and then roll your own version of it, um, and get a stamp of approval from VMware, you know, engineering and global support services. Yeah, that's a that's a solid foundation. that's approved, right?
4: Exactly. So I'm not sure if, if Bob or or Eddie want to want to talk about the um, that process, or whether whether you want me to cover
3: it. You can you go go cover it, Nick.
4: Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Nick. All right, sure. So so we've got these designs, and and the idea if you you if any of you saw or want to watch the replay of, of the um, the VMworld presentations that we did, we talked about that there are kind of three ways to get to your SDDC you can do build your own which is what these DVDs are about these validated designs there's the there's the converged which is kind of like your vblock or hyperconverged like your, your Evo kind of um, uh, systems however within build your own let's say you 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 like the idea of having this validated design but the build your own is a bit of a hard ask you 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 don't have the time yeah. to invest or you've got a partner that does all of your design or operational work it might be professional services it might as in VMware's professional services or it might be a partner of VMware It might be CC or EDS or, or you know a number of different partners out there so what we're doing is we're saying let's have an architecture review um, team that will take validated design we give it to our partners they can then change tweak certain components of it and to adhere to what they want to sell as part of their solution and then they can come and implement a validated design VMware has kind of stamped it and said yes this will work this will still adhere to the scale to the churn to to all of the requirements that we have but that vendors just put their little flavor on it they've put their 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 spin on it but what it means is that you've got you've still got the validated design it's been implemented by the the partner that you're that you're with but you still get the benefits so you still if you call up um, our GSS team our support team and say hey I've got a validated design they don't have to spend the time working out how your infrastructure is put together they know intrinsically that hey it's a validated design the architecture looks like this
2: Okay, awesome. Just a little bit point point of clarification, if we could. Um, just to see if there's any confusion out there. We've got these concepts of pods, right? How do these management pods, the compute pod, the edge pod? How does that differ from the from the term cluster, right? Um, there's a little confusion
3: out there. Can we can we just kind of demystify that and clarify that for folks? You want to go, Mike?
5: Sure, I'll give it you. So a pod. So the POD is actually an acronym that stands for point of delivery. So basically what we're looking at is in the management POD, we have this point of delivery for all the management components. Um, the compute POD is where it gets kind of a little bit confusing because you could have multiple clusters, and this is probably the only point where you would have this, but you could have multiple compute clusters, exactly. but you still have a single compute POD that you would. Um, so POD is just a point of delivery. Basically you can think of a rack. Um, it's kind of how I look at it. Um, we have a a rack with the management equipment in it get your management servers, um, your top of racks, which is, that's your point of delivery for the management side. Now, we're looking at the edge side. Um, We haven't really talked about the edge pod yet, but inside the edge pod, it's pretty simple. There's not much going on there. Um, The edge is basically responsible for all the north-south communication, network communication from uh, the compute pod. So the compute pod or the compute clusters inside the pod don't actually have any external connectivity. Um, Every VM there sits on a um, NSX uh, virtual switch. And then if there's any north-south, you know, in or out of the software-defined data center uh, communication, that all goes through the edge pod, which contains uh, a pair of highly available NSX edge devices that serve up the north south traffic. All right. So you know, the, the compute pod is probably the simplest just to finish yeah. out the pod. The compute pod is just the pods where your user workloads end up. They're just virtual machines, nothing nothing special. Your your end user virtual machines that you provision mm-hmm. and whichever one you provision it. If you're using foundation you're just Deploying templates or using uh, the Automation Cloud and using uh, VRA, those end up inside the compute pods, and then you know, they live there for their 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 lifecycle.
2: Okay. So, what about with customers that you know have existing environments, right? Um, how do how do if they want to say, you know, what I've got an existing environment, and I'm looking at the I want to do you know full software defined data center. I want to do compute networking. I want to do one of these designs foundation, you know, or single site IT automation cloud, but they've already got an existing environment, you know, say it's a five, five environment, got a specific design and they want to get there. What are some of the use cases or, 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 you know, how are we, how are we looking to help customers migrate from, you know, current design and deployment to perhaps, you know, one of the the foundation or uh, single region IT automation cloud design?
4: Great question. So, at this stage this is our this is the we're doing like our 1.0 product so it's a greenfield um, deployment type now one of the things that that's great about the validated designs is it's not just a set of designs even though the name has design in it there's the overview the architectural overview it's the detailed design it's the operational guide on not just, sorry it's the, the implementation guidance, not just how to implement it but we've also got operational guidance as to how do you run it day two? How do you do backups and restores? And what are some of the common um, problems that you might need to operationally deal with as part of running an SDDC?
2: Yeah, what we it's, one thing to deploy. it's one thing to deploy, but how do you? what do you do with it after you've got it deployed?
4: Exactly right, exactly right. So what we haven't done as part of those, how do I operate this SDDC? At the moment, we haven't looked at what are the migration steps to get from an existing non-validated design to having a validated design. Now that being said, it, it's not too difficult to stand up a, an environment alongside an existing one, provided you've got the the available hardware, and then do some some v2v um, or p2v migrations into the the exist uh, this new environment. Um, but or it, even
0: demotions, right, Nick? I mean, given, given the, the reduction in barriers there.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cross, cross center and cross vSwitch motion. depending on the version that you're coming from, um, there, there's all kinds of, of ways of like uh, doing a host switch and, and all those kinds of tricky things that you can, you yeah. can get there. It's, a, it's about migrating those workloads in, but we haven't, mm-hmm. um, operationally, we haven't documented that yet.
0: And as, yes. as the metaphor marketing guy on the call, um, the metaphor that I use for this is, you know, we talk sometimes about greenfield deployments, which, you know, almost never exist, and brownfield deployments, which are common. I like to, to think about what you just described as kind of the adjacent field. That is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take an adjacent field that was lying pretty fallow, and I'm going to plow it, uh, and then I'm going to move workloads into it um, from my existing uh, infrastructure, from my existing fields. Rather than transform my existing fields.
4: Exactly right. Awesome. So yeah.
2: Nick and Nick and Mike, you know, you guys have been working on this for a while. You know, Mike, you've been doing the reference architectures and you've been in the lab quite a bit. Uh Nick at you as well. Um just kind of curious, you know, any tips tips and tricks and fun things along the way that you that you learned do you think uh, you would like to share you should like to share or uh any any good stories along the way?
3: So yeah. I think
4: there's, there's a couple of things that um, the, that I'll just mention, and then I'll throw it over to you, Mike. Um, the the tips and tricks if if you're looking at this for the first time, um, as Mike said, the, the hardest thing to get your head around is the network design. But if you think of some of the um, the benefits of of having NSX in the management environment and the the ability to do DR without having to reIP. Um, applications that's a that's a pretty <laughs> that's nice huge. thing to have it's huge yeah um, the the other thing that I would say is that um, within these documents there are tables um, that are called design decisions and within those design decisions we have um, justifications for why we've made every single choice that we've made, why we've designed it the way that we have. Um, So once the the final docs are released, you'll be able to go through these and we'll have literally hundreds of design decisions in there and it explains exactly why we've made the choice we've made and what impact that has on other things. And then it's up to you as the customer or or the, the consumer of this as to whether you want to adhere to that design decision or not. But keep in mind that if you don't, you can at least see... What the ramifications of not adhering to that design decision is, because we've spelled it out for you. So it's like giving you the guide rails, sorry, the guardrails, and guiding you along this path. But if you decide to take a shortcut, or you've got a business or technical requirement that doesn't quite align, then that's okay, um, provided that you you stick with the uh, the overall essence of this design.
3: But you, I actually have I don't have any tips or tricks that I can think of. Um,
5: only thing I would add to what Nick said, which was, you know, right on, is you know the networking is the trickiest part for most people, especially coming in from you know being DI administrators. Networking is not yeah. something most people have in their bag of tricks. So NSX is like, it's a little bit new, maybe foreign to them. Um, it's really not as Complicated, or as bad as we make it sound. If we were making it sound that bad, um, after you look at the documents, and you can even maybe work with one of your network guys and just have them kind of explain some of the stuff we're doing. If you don't get it, it's. I mean, it, it makes sense for why we're doing it, and just sit down with the documents and just read through. You know, like Nick said, why we did what we did, and then you know, look at the diagrams if you're having trouble getting your head around something. And then if it's just something that you your your company really wants, but you just don't think that it's in your wheelhouse that you're going to be able to deploy this whole thing or your team, yeah, you know, that's why we have professional services and partners. So I mean, these guys are trained up and can come in and exactly. you know assist you in whatever area that you want them to. You can they do the whole thing, they can do the network piece for you, you know,
2: whatever. So yeah, you know, for me when I looked at it, I kind of had you know looked at the network and I kind of did that you know. Cocked my head to the side and looked at it. And go, uh, why is it like this? And then I was like, Oh, I get it. And of course, you know, in my perspective, it's not as difficult as as VCloud Director was. No offense to Eddie Denell on the on the phone, but it it seems much simpler to me. Nothing but uh, love, I, man. Nothing but love. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, you know, I can imagine. You know. Uh, you know, Mike, you said on the VCDX panels, if you saw someone drop drop in, here's my design. It's the V the, the VVD for foundation. You'd kind of like scratch your head and go, no, you know you got to make it your own, so uh, probably uh, just just beware, you know, you don't want to take the VVDs and just use those as your design. Uh, Maybe a modification therein, but you have to have the full set of requirements for a real-world use case. Um, So, you know, Uh, we mentioned... I think I was going to add to
5: that, sorry. Um, I was talking about the whole designs and everything, um, the design decisions, and, you know, we haven't made those available yet, but there is a community, um, it's an early access community, um, that you can sign up for and get access to those before they're generally available. Uh, so it's kind of like a feedback mechanism. Uh, if yep. you go to vmware.com go b2d, um, there's a link there not that will be the community.
0: <laughs> Hang on. It's I not know. kind of like a, a, a g- requirement. Like that's, that is exactly why we're doing it. We want that yeah. feedback. We want to know where, uh, where we're, we're doing well.
2: Yeah, so um, let's give some folks uh, uh, some information. I'll give some folks some information as to where to go to get access to, to a lot of this uh, information. So we, Mike mentioned early on uh, the deployment walkthroughs. So the tech marketing team, uh, myself, Kyle, and uh, and uh, Mike and others worked tirelessly over the summer, and we built out deployment walkthroughs. So if you go to featurewalkthrough.vmware.com, click on VMware to validate designs. Again, that's v- uh, featurewalkthrough.vmware.com. And you click on VMware Valid Designs, you'll see deployment walkthroughs and operational walkthroughs. We actually walk you through the step-by-step process to deploy uh, both the foundation, VVD. You know, what does it look like to actually set everything up, ground up? Uh, and then we actually go to the next level of what it looks like to expand past Foundation to the single region IT automation cloud. So you can actually see screen by screen what it looks like. There's workflows. There's... Uh, there's worksheets that reference worksheets that kind of walk you through the entire process, and we couple that with some operational walkthroughs to show you, you know, what it look like with the software-defined data center based off the VBD to, you know, add capacity, uh, expand capacity, you know, manage manage assets like content library and tags, and you know, backup and recovery and some other cool operational pieces. If you want to learn more about Uh, The VMware Validated Designs, there's two URLs you can also go to. That's uh, VMware.com slash go slash V number 2D, VMware.com slash go slash V2D. And if you want to get access to the early access program, you can go to VMware.com slash go slash V2D dash early access. Again, that's VMware.com slash go slash V2D dash early access. That'll take you to the communities.vmware.com. You can log in with your communities account and we will take you, and you can sign up for the Early Access Program. Did I miss anything, guys?
1: I don't know, Ryan. Okay, I think so. Sounds, sounds like you got a lot of stuff there.
2: <laughs> well, hey, guys, uh you know, on behalf of me and Eric, uh, thank you, Eddie, Bob, Mike, and uh, Nick for joining. Um, we'll, you know, we look forward to continually seeing the VMware Valid validated designs. Um, just curious, are we working on any other types of designs? I mean, I don't we have the – we, we did mention uh, foundation. We did mention single region. Uh, there was mention of other other types of designs, uh, dual region, I believe, right?
5: That's on the
0: horizon, yes. On the yeah. horizon. The, the, the team is trying really hard not to overcommit. Uh, so even, even the marketing guy, that is me, is trying to keep his mouth <laughs> shut on that and say we're going to deliver what we've got. Uh, what we've got on the radar, and do exactly. a good job with that and take feedback on that and then uh, make revisions and, and build a roadmap from there.
2: Awesome, awesome. Well, again, uh, the URLs you can go to, VMware.com slash go slash v2d um, to learn more about the VMware Valid Designs. And for the early access, go to VMware.com slash go slash v2d dash early access. Um, thanks, guys, for joining and uh, joining the podcast. We hope to have you again soon. Thank thanks, you. guys. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Brian, great job. Next week on this show, uh, VMware Virtual SAN 6.1 with Ken uh, Wernberg. So uh, we looking forward to that one as well. And then as we get closer to VMworld Europe, we're going to have some of those guys on. I think we're going have an NSX uh, um, testing on in a couple of weeks as well. So uh, yeah. schedule filling up. Thanks a lot. And we'll see you again next week.
5: Take care.